Welcome back. It's the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. He's been on before, and uh, now we get to talk to him because the Saints are involved in a Thursday night game. That's Ian Eagle. He's the national radio voice with Westwood One's Thursday night coverage of the National Football League. And so, Ian, uh, I know we had you on before to just to talk about Thursday night games in the NFL in general, but at least this time we get to specifically talk to you about the team that is featured in this very podcast, the New Orleans Saints. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Sean, and I'm excited to see the Saints in person. You know, that's the great thing about this Thursday night package. For me, CBS, we do mostly AFC teams. Occasionally you get the NFC team sprinkled in, but with the Thursday night games now, I get to see basically the whole league. And I've seen the Saints on tape, seen them on television, but there's still nothing quite like seeing a team and Drew Brees in person, the way he executes and runs that offense. I'm looking forward to it. I'll um, I'll ask you about rivalry games in just a moment. You know, you mentioned the CBS stuff. I'm curious, Ian, and since you see more, I guess, more uh, a greater cross-section of the league on Thursdays, has there been a CBS game or a Thursday night game that you'd rank at the top of what you've been able to see so far this season? Yeah, I've had some some wacky games. This Cincinnati-Miami game, that Thursday night game, was just bizarre, strange. It ends on a safety in overtime. I had never seen that, although it had happened twice before in NFL history. That one comes to mind. Uh, I must admit that they, they start to run together at some point when, as you know, Sean, because of your preparation with the NBA and now preparing for the NFL stuff, uh, you're packing so much into your brain that you have to let it go just to be able to move on to the next event, to the next game, and not get confused as to who exactly is on the field or who's on the court. Uh, but I've, I've been fortunate to see basically every team out there. And, uh, look, some stand out. Seattle stands out. That's a team that is able to mix it up offensively, defensively. We know what they bring to the table. Uh, I was not blown away by San Francisco. I saw them in person and I, I think that that's a team that it's starting to show. They've been exposed a bit, and Kaepernick obviously uh, is, is learning, and he's learning on the job. From the AFC, uh, Denver's everything that you would think they would be uh, offensively, as dynamic as anybody in the NFL. This Welker injury certainly affects them, but not to the point where other teams wouldn't be able to handle it. They can. Uh, they just have so many weapons on offense, and the questions with them will be similar questions that New Orleans will face. Can their defense be competitive enough, be aggressive enough uh, to stay in certain games to allow the offense to get back on the field and go out and win it? The Saints were involved, uh, Ian, in a controversial call against the 49ers, the two teams you were just talking about, on Sunday. Last night we had the uh, situation, I should say on Monday night, we had that situation at the end of the, the Patriots-Panthers game. It seems that the, the, these things go in cycles, but we're, we're in another cycle now of um, some controversial calls or some, some wild finishes and that kind of a thing. Um, with regard to calling it from a national angle with either Westwood One or CBS, what is the best way to handle that? How, how would, have you thought about how you'd stick yourself in that situation? Well, when you go through your mental checklist when you're calling these games, first and foremost, you want to get it right. So uh, forget about making a great call or nailing it. You still have to be right. You still have to be on the money. And when you get controversial calls, you know that uh, there's going to be speculation, even after the explanation comes from the officials. And in a couple of cases, the explanation just has not been strong enough. 
the Monday night game as an example. I think it left people curious as to what the thought press says was and and why they made the call that they did by picking up the flag. A better explanation may quell a little bit of the criticism. Uh, But from a national perspective, uh, look, uh, we do play it down the middle. uh, Like anyone else, I think, that you would talk to that's doing games on a national level, they would tell you that all they really root for is a competitive game, uh, a fun game, an entertaining game to call. Uh, You don't end up rooting for teams or rooting for specific players because it's just not in your DNA with your philosophy. Uh, But the controversy is going to be a part of it. You lean on your analyst. You hope that your analyst has seen something like this or has some kind of prior experience to touch on. And if he doesn't, then you've got to kind of guide the audience through it together. And oftentimes on the television side, you're working with a producer who's giving you the right replays. On the radio side, you've got another set of eyes, whether it's a spotter or a producer-slash-engineer that might bring a different perspective. It really becomes a team concept and a collaborative concept. It's not all you. Uh, If somebody can help provide you with with a better look and a better feel, you lean on them. Ian Eagle with us here on the Black and Blue Report. He'll be calling the game uh, nationally for Westwood 1 on Thursday night. Uh, Let's zero in on your game this week, Ian. What are the storylines that you're preparing now for Saints and Falcons Part 2? Yeah, the the key for me with the New Orleans side of things uh, is you just never quite know who it's going to be. Uh, Drew Brees is the staple, we know that. But in that running game, uh, yes, it could be Pierre Thomas. We've seen Ingram step forward. We know Sproles is capable. Uh, That is both uh, dangerous for New Orleans, as we know, moving forward, because as a defense – You're not quite sure who to prepare for. But it can sometimes also be frustrating because there are certain teams, they know who they can lean on in those big moments. And sometimes it's play the hot hand, pick your poison, depending upon how the game is going. Uh, In the passing game, Colston is still incredibly productive. Uh, I've been impressed from what I've seen of Kenny Stills' toughness. He just seems to fit in, fit in with, with what they do and how they go about their business. Uh, they brought back Meacham. Moore has, has continued to be someone that they can lean on. And Jimmy Graham, uh, we know he's not even 100%, and the guy is still uh, such a threat every time that he's on the field. So offensively, uh, the storylines are what they always are with the New Orleans Saints. Defensively, as we touched on earlier, you just you never know for certain because of Rob Ryan and and the way he runs this defense, I, I feel like he gives them a chance come playoff time, but there's also that gambling mentality that can come back to haunt this team. So uh, I'd like to see a little more consistency, and uh, certainly uh, I think they've made strides from what we saw a year ago, big strides, as any Saints fan will tell you. There's no doubt that the Saints have made strides, and that's why the the flip side of this is so mysterious to me. I, who could have seen Atlanta be so significantly worse than they were a year ago? No. Um, is there one thing that leads the way as far as what hasn't gone right for that football team? Yeah, it's really interesting in the NFL, Sean, because unlike the NBA where you get a pretty good feel uh, for a team that's building, they've done it via the draft, they've signed a key free agent. Look, you don't win games on paper. We know that. I think the Brooklyn Nets, the team that I cover, uh, is learning that right away. Uh, It doesn't 
it doesn't automatically mean that, that you're a winner in this league because you've got six all-stars and future Hall of Famers. There is something called chemistry. Football, there's a domino effect that takes place in this league that is unparalleled from the other leagues. You have time to make up for it in other leagues. In the NFL, it can just snowball on you. And with Atlanta, uh, something's missing. You know, what they've had in the past is, is just not there. They've dealt with injuries. The Julio Jones injury is a huge blow. The Roddy White injury throughout, he's just never quite been himself. Uh, Matt Ryan has not looked like the Pro Bowler that he was a year ago. This team was 13-3. and three. They were the number one seed. And unlike other leagues, this league, it can bite you. And everything that seemed to work is no longer working. Now, uh, this is not an indictment on Thomas Dimitrov, their GM, their head coach, Mike Smith. And I was happy to hear that Arthur Blank came out and gave them a vote of confidence. They've done too much. They've built too much equity, in my mind, to be put under the microscope and and speculation that that they're going to lose their jobs. Uh, That shouldn't be the case. But it can change in a hurry in this league. And the flip side with New Orleans, as we know, and you and I, the last time we spoke, uh, we know about Coach Payton's influence and, and how big a factor he plays. But a year ago, it was the reverse for the Saints. Just nothing went their way. Little things, close games, big plays, big moments, calls, uh, injuries, all of it. And in an NFL season, it, it can be like a tidal wave. And then you look up and you say, what happened? And that's what Atlanta's feeling right now. You're dead on. Ian, real quick before I let you go, uh, close game Thursday because it's a rivalry, or do you see it differently? No, I, I see it differently. I, I think Atlanta, they're in quicksand right now. They don't have a whole lot of answers. They're assessing their roster. Uh, they're trying some different people out at different spots. Uh, they, they've lost their way, and they're playing New Orleans at the worst time. I think that loss to the Jets was a little bit of an eye-opener, as we know, and now they realize that they have a chance still to get home field advantage. And in the NFC, that very well could be the difference between representing the conference and the Super Bowl or not. If you have to go to Seattle in that environment with that weather compared to staying at home inside the Dome, uh, that very well could be the deciding factor in whether or not uh, you play for, for the championship. So uh, this team is focused. They're locked in. Uh, Atlanta's meeting them at, at the absolute worst time. Well, I think that most of the fans listening to this podcast will hope that you're right on Thursday. Look forward to seeing you, my friend. As always, I uh, I really appreciate you coming on with us. Safe travel, Sean. Always Same great to you. talking to you. We'll see you. you uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Ian Eagle. Will Ian Eagle will be there on uh, on the radio for you? That's of course across the country, and so many so so many Saints fans out of the New Orleans market will have the chance to listen to his fine fine work. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll rib him on the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets when that time comes around. Black and Blue Report continues on this Wednesday shortly.